Now, have a look at the January cover of National Geographic and you'll be greeted by the determined, confident stare of Avery Jackson. Head to toe in pink, the nine-year-old little girl from Kansas City looks like the average American tween, but she's been causing quite a stir in the States. Avery is the first transgender person ever to grace the cover of the publication. And while some have been applauding Avery and her parents for what's been called a historic decision by the magazine, others have questioned whether a child as young as Avery should be held up as a representative of the LGBTI community. Her parents have been deeply supportive of her and her mother, Debbie, is an ardent trans activist and joins me on the line now. Debbie, welcome. Thank you so, so much for joining us this morning. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here, finally. Yeah, it's it's a treat. We have been trying to trying to get get you on the show for a while now, and, and we're absolutely delighted to to have you. Um, first up, then, Debbie, how did this the National Geographic cover come about? And I must say, Avery looks absolutely determined, strong, awesome. Yeah, and that's her normal look too. So I'm really glad that it came across. Um, actually, we were asked if we might want to have her participate um, just in a story about nine-year-olds. And um, at the time that she was photographed, she was a couple of days shy of being nine. So we weren't even sure that they would allow her to be in it. But, um, you know, they they contacted us and said, we're doing a story about nine-year-olds around the world. And we would love um, to have her represent the United States. So um, they came and photographed her and they told us that, you know, they were taking the pictures and doing little interviews with 80 different nine-year-olds and only nine were going to be selected to be in the magazine. So the odds of her being in the magazine at all were really, you know, slim. And we didn't know that the whole issue was about gender. Um, We didn't realize that until it was about time for it to go to um, print. And then the um, communications team called us in, I think, the very beginning of November and said, you know, by the way, we just want you to know we've selected Avery for the article. We'd like to know if you'd like to, you know, if you would be willing to, to do any interviews around that. And um, if you are, we also want you to know that we've put her on the cover. So, you know, for us, um, again, the odds of her even just being in the print magazine were so slim that we didn't really get excited about it or anything. Um, And we certainly didn't know that it was titled The Gender Revolution. I didn't know that until I actually had one in my hands um, and saw that uh, was put with it. So... Um, at that point, it became a lot more overwhelming than I think we had anticipated just when they told us, hey, she's going to be on the cover. Um, you know, Nat Geo is, is obviously this internationally known bellwether. It's, it's something people collect, but it didn't seem that big to us until all of the news came out about it and everyone in the world told us that it was a big deal. Did, why did Avery want to do it? Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I gave a speech about being the parent of a transgender child and what that's like. And for the longest time, um, that's how we did advocacy for the trans community. We just talked about being parents. And um, about a year after that, Avery decided um, that she thought she should tell her own story, that it would be better coming from her because we still didn't really understand what it was like to be a transgender child. Obviously, we couldn't. 
So she decided that she wanted to start speaking up a little bit more. And um, from there decided that she wanted to do a little bit of, you know, kind of some projects around our area just to bring awareness and show people that she's proud of who she is and that she doesn't think she should be ashamed of being trans, that um, it's nothing that she should have to hide about herself. And then when the opportunity for the magazine came along, um, again, we thought it was not so much about gender. It was just going to be about the differences of boys and girls around the world um, and what being nine was like for them. So she thought that was a really interesting opportunity to be able to just be seen as a nine-year-old girl. Um, So our approach to it at first was really that you know, she was going to just be highlighted as a nine-year-old girl, not a highlighted as a nine-year-old trans girl. Um, the fact that it came back later and was all about gender and that they used her um, trans status to help make that point, I think made her even more proud because she didn't realize that they were going to be aware and think that it was something that it was as important as it is. So for them to consider it that important um, really gave her a a bigger sense of pride. Once it became clear that actually the focus um, wasn't where you thought it had been and and in fact Avery would be on the cover, did you have any concerns about her doing it and about um, her being in such a, such a, in the, in the public eye in such a, such a significant way? Um, Yeah, definitely a little bit. Um, You know, at first they told us she's going to be on the subscriber issue and a lot fewer people get that than the one that's on the newsstands. So don't worry, Um, you know, she won't be out there as much. And then, of course, the news picked up on it as her being the first out trans person on the cover. And that pretty much just took over the whole story for a couple of weeks. Um, They even struggled to, to make the point that the entire issue wasn't about trans people, that it was about gender, all encompassing gender topics. Um, So it certainly became a lot more, um, it made us a lot more nervous at that point because we thought subscribers, they tend to be more open-minded that this is something that they're getting regularly and they might, you know, get into it and read the science and that sort of thing. When it became a big news story, it hit the really conservative media outlets and it hit the very religious media outlets and from there the amount of hate that we got um the extreme right um the white supremacist people and people like that um really just kind of came out of the woodwork with their hate um people made videos called her the antichrist and and things like that and it was stuff that we weren't really prepared for but we've actually kind of heard it before over the last couple of years um we just haven't heard it amplified that much Mm -hmm. so you know we were kind of used to it and we shield her from that she's not aware of it she doesn't see it um we do our best to make sure that she only sees the most positive things that are out there because she is just nine Mm. um so it was it was a little it made us a little bit nervous um but i think we've done okay let's take you back a couple of years then what age was avery uh, when you realized that she identified as a girl um she was four right and you know if we if we look back in hindsight we can see some of the first gender non-conforming behavior when she was three If we had had any idea what being transgender was, maybe we would have picked up on that, but we didn't. 
um, so for us, it was just a cute, it was a boy who liked to wear, you know, a few pink sparkly things. He wanted, he had an interest in jewelry, um, and things like that. But we Which are, actually a lot of boys at that wondering. age do, don't they? Yeah, a yeah. lot of boys do it. We actually have a photo of our older son who around the same age was at um, preschool and was in a, a cheerleader's outfit and yeah. a long blonde wig. So we just thought, okay, this is this is that phase and this is cute. We'll get some good, funny pictures out of it and that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but it really did. It progressed and progressed and progressed. And she really started connecting with all the female characters and she wanted to wear... Um, more female clothes all the time. Um, And she started, like I said, identifying more as a female. And we're we're one of the really, really lucky families out there because she was able to articulate to us very clearly Mm. at the age of four. She said, Mom, you think that I'm a boy, but I'm a girl on the inside. Mm. So many parents don't have that. They have to keep wondering, is this a boy who likes girl things or on the opposite side? Is it, is, do I just have a really extreme tomboy? Mm. Um, and they second guess and their kids just keep progressing and progressing um, for, you know, for years in what parents think of as a phase. And then they get more and more depressed and things like that. So we were really lucky that she was able to tell us incredibly directly, no, you're wrong about who I am. This is who I am. And we were able to get help. And how did you respond when she when she first told you this? I mean, you say that there there had been some sort of telltale signs that about non-conforming behavior, non-gender conforming behavior. Um, but I mean, did you did yourself and your husband sort of outside of earshot of Avery sit down and say, oh, my goodness, I mean, how on earth do we do we deal with this? Or these are our concerns or we're not we're not okay with this. Was there any moment that you thought this isn't we can't handle it? Um, I, definitely, definitely. I think for, the, for a long time, we thought, are we crazy? Um, are we imagining things? Did we do something to influence this? Was, was our, you know, child abused somewhere? Um, and we're not aware of it. And these are the signs coming out, you know, all the things that most of us parents go through, because this isn't just something that we're familiar with to know how to process. Um, but, you know, as she was four years old, she also, when she when she was dressing as a girl or when she was pretending to be a girl character, she was really happy. In all those other moments, when she had to go to preschool dressed in boy clothes and people called her a boy and things like that, um, she was depressed and she was starting to get, um, she was starting to act out and she didn't um, want to go to school anymore. And she talked about dying a lot and she wanted to know if she got to go to heaven and talk to God about coming back in a girl's body and things like that. So, um, you know, there were, there was another depth to it. It's not, it wasn't just play behavior. There was so much more um, complete angst and depression that was going along with it too, that when we called her a girl, um, you know, we went to the therapist and they said, just try calling her your daughter using she and her as the pronoun. Mm, mm. And when we made that change, the, it was like night and day. It was two different kids. Instead of having the kid who prayed at night to be able to, to die and go talk to God about coming back in a different body, she would just say how much she loved us and how happy she was and that she couldn't wait to get the next day. And 
you know, and live life. Um, and that depression lifted, and we, we had our child back. We had a happy, thriving, um, joyful child back. So that took all of our doubts away. And from then on, we knew that, that we were going to be okay as long as we trusted her to know who she was. What sort of support were you able to, initial, uh, able to access initially in your area? Um, at first, we went to our pediatrician who really didn't know anything about trans kids. She just knew this was different. So she sent us to a child psychologist. And then we went to see um, a gender therapist. And then from there, we went to see um, our child, uh, our children's um, endocrinologist just to make sure that everything was okay. Maybe she had an intersex condition or, or something that we needed to, to double check physically. And she checked out all right. And every single one of them came back and diagnosed her with gender dysphoria. Um, so it was a team of, of doctors and therapists that, that helped us figure out how to move forward. Tell us about some of the more difficult experiences that you faced as a family. Um, obviously, you spoke there about the res- some of the, the very negative um, and cruel responses as a result of the um, National Geographic cover. But before that, uh, in your neighbourhood, at school, what, what are some of the, the more difficult things that you've had to face? Uh, well, we pretty much lost our family and we lost all of our friends. Um, Avery left the preschool after about a week of going as a girl because um, the parents there understood it was okay to have a boy who liked girl things, but they didn't understand a boy becoming a girl. So um, they were really uncomfortable. They started talking about her with her classmates, and then her classmates started questioning her. So she just decided she would rather give up her friends and and not have to go back and and constantly be asked about who she is. my family is Southern Baptist, is very conservative, and we thought, uh, well, for a couple of years, we, we didn't speak of it much. They were really struggling. Um, they started to use the right pronouns and things over uh, a couple of year period, but um, with the attention from National Geographic and everything, their true feelings have come out once again, and they've told us that... Um, they don't believe in being transgender as a sin, and they're praying for all of us, and um, we've had to cut off contact with them. Um, my my husband is a, a self-employed doctor, and he's lost half of his patients because they have, um, you know, saw the changes in the photos of having a family with a photo with two boys to a family photo with a boy and a girl, and they decided they didn't agree with his parenting, um, so therefore he wasn't going to be a good enough doctor for them. Um, so we took a, a financial hit that way. Um, you know, we get we get accused of child abuse regularly, and um, you know, people try to call the authorities and and report us for child abuse. So it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I'm not going to say that it's it's been easy outside of our home. But inside of our home, it's been really easy because we, you know, have happy, healthy kids. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I mean, it, it just, 
it, it's astonishing, and 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 I think you, you must just be celebrated for for being the the best parents that that you are to what is quite obviously. And I, I read the article, a forthright, um, <laughs> a very forthright and very comfortable um, young lady. Um, you talked there about your your family's um, religious um, religious background and and. And whatnot. How has this experience affected your own religious or political beliefs, if at all? Um, my political beliefs have, have definitely shifted. I was always very, very conservative, very Republican. And right now in our country, the Republicans have a full on assault against the trans community. And I can't support any of what they're doing um, daily. New legislation comes out trying to force our kids into the wrong bathrooms and 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 things like that. So um, politically, it it's changed where I am, but I still try to make sure I talk to the people on the other side and that they know that they're hurting kids like mine and like Avery that that she's doing nothing wrong. Um, so it's made me more politically active instead of just, you know, sitting back and, and voting every few years and not being involved. I'm very much involved on a daily basis. Um, on the the religious, spiritual side, I, I grew up Southern Baptist. They cannot associate with them either because they are absolutely anti-LGBT and very much anti-trans in particular. Um, I think for me, my spiritual life has always been so personal that I'm not going to let the actions of some people in a religious community hurt my own personal faith, because I know that there are a lot of good people out there of all kinds of religions. Um, If anything, it's probably just opened my eyes more towards wanting to learn and understand about all the different religious um, customs and groups that are out there because so many of them are persecuted the same way as minorities, the same way that trans people are. And um, I don't want to ever be someone who judges someone without understanding where they're coming from. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, just just quickly, tell us a little bit more about your website, um, Transparenting, because as I mentioned in the introduction, you are now um, really a, a leading um, activist uh, in the uh, for for trans for parents of trans kids, um, and you do phenomenal work. Um, tell us a little bit more about about that. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Transparenting is something I started. Um, a couple of years ago, because I wasn't finding one place that had a lot of um, the basic information and the, the resources that I needed just to wrap my head around what a trans kid was. Um, so I started it just because I wanted to offer an easier access point to other parents out there early on in their, their um, journey. Um, I've gotten a lot busier, so I haven't updated it as much as I would like to, but the the idea of it is to become that one resource. You can come, you can learn the basics. Here are the, the definitions you need to know. Here are some of the signs. Um, here's what the medical community says about trans youth and, and how it happens. Um, here's all the information about bathrooms so that you don't have to worry about, you know, the bathroom myths and, and predators. 
Um, here's the information you can take to schools, and here's information from child psychologists on how best to support your child. So I really just wanted it to be um, one central resource where people can go, they can download, download all kinds of, of uh, PDF files to read, um, and you know, listen to a podcast to hear other people's perspectives and, and maybe relate to our story a little more personally than just reading text. Um, so it's, it's uh, constantly a work in progress, but again, it's, it's just meant to be that starting point to give people some bearings so they don't feel so overwhelmed and lost. Of course, of course. Uh, Debbie, I literally could talk to you for hours, but I know that you have actually got pneumonia um, at the moment <laughs> and you have kindly, yes. you have kindly um, given us far, even more than, than, than we had asked for. Um, and I just thank you so much um, for, for, for finally that we're able to have this chat because I think it is such an important discussion, uh, not just in the States, but here in South Africa and in fact all over the world. So uh, once again, thank you and, uh, and all the best to Avery and, and your whole family for, uh, for, the, for the new year. I mean, we're a quarter of the way through it, but, but you, you, the sentiment is there. And once again, thank you so much and do get better soon. Okay, thank you so much.